You are listening to The Christian Commute, a commute-length podcast about Christian apologetics, theology, and other matters of Christian interest. Here is your host, Seth Dunn. It is Friday, January 12th. This is The Christian Commute. I am your host, Seth Dunn. I'm on the Bluetooth headset again, and I am the last car in the parking lot on Friday night. I did do a lot of work today, but there was a significant ping pong interlude. I figured I'd play about three ping pong games and go back to work. You know, was it going to take you maybe 30 minutes? I lost my first one, and then the next game, I just became unbeatable. I won nine ping pong games in a row. And finally, I, I, got a, I said, I got to quit. I got work to do. So I went and finished some budget work. And now I'm heading home on the Christian commute. Heading home without a question. No one came through today. So I don't have a full, uh, a full show. Just the Bible chapter review. And, oh, it's cold, by the way. Get my F-150s heater cranking up. Uh, just the Bible chapter review and the show topic, which is <laughs> Hip City Cooperation. Hip City Cooperation. You'll, you'll understand when I get there. First and foremost, as always, we have the Bible chapters. I got to turn my defroster on. We got really bad weather where I am. There's wind warnings. We were worried about having a tornado today. It rained really hard. That's why I've been driving my F-150 this week. Because as much as I like my little Kia Soul, if the wind blows hard, it might blow me right off the freeway. So I'm in my big heavy truck, or my wife's truck. I got to tell you this. So my dad gave us the the Kia Soul. And then my father-in-law gave us his F-150 when he bought a new F-150. And I got the Kia Soul when my dad bought a new Pilot and a new CRV. So he bought a new Pilot for here. And he gave me the Kia Soul. So soon he's going to buy a new truck. I think he's going to get a Honda, not a Passport, a Ridgeline. I'm getting older, he wants a smaller truck, but he still wants a truck. So after he does that, I. I'm pretty sure he's going to give me his F-150. And his F-150 is a crew cab, and it's bigger than this one. So I'm excited to see what my father-in-law will give me next to keep up in the competition of, of which parent can give us more stuff. So live that live. that's my first world problem, is I don't know what my father-in-law is going to do to keep up with Dad. But let me tell you this, you can take this to the bank if you never listen to anything else I say on the Christian commute. You can never have too many pickup trucks. Let's get to Matthew chapter 27. Jesus is handed over to Pilate finally. Matthew 27 verse 11, verses 11 through 13. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor questioned him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? 
And Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you hear how many things they testify against you? And he did not answer him with regard to even a single case. So the governor was quite amazed. So here's the deal. The, the, Jews, the Jews could detain Jesus and beat him up, but it's really up to Pilate to hand, to hand out any real permanent punishment. And the Jews want Jesus dead. And if the Jews are saying, this guy says he's the king of the Jews, which you don't really see him saying that a lot, or at all, I should say, in Matthew. He's, he's saying he's the Messiah, which would be, you know, in the line of David, who should be the king of the Jews. But he's not going around saying, I'm the king of the Jews, follow me, and this, I'm the king now, and you got to do what I say. And also, Caesar and Pilate, because he works for Caesar, Caesar says the king of the Jews is Herod. That's their client king. So it is sedition, a serious offense, if someone goes around saying he's the king of the Jews. Because the implication of that is that he wants to fight Rome and make Jerusalem independent again, independent of Rome. And we know before 70 AD, somebody does that, does make it independent. And then Rome doesn't like it, so General Titus comes and destroys the city, the temple included. So Pilate says, is it true that you're king of the Jews? Jesus just says, it is as you say. Not like a hard yes, just it is as you say. And then the chief priests and elders start to give all their cases against him and say all the bad things against him. Some of them we should think is false because they were bringing false charges uh, to him or false charges about him at the high priest's house. And Jesus isn't answering. And Pilate's a little shocked by this because Pilate figures this guy's on trial for his life. And he's before me. Surely he's going to try and defend himself to me. And for, you know, they're making a negative case against him. Surely he'll say, no, they're wrong. Don't kill me, Pilate. But he doesn't do it. And this amazes Pilate. Pilate doesn't know why Jesus isn't doing it. But we know because Jesus has already prophesied that he has to go be handed over to be crucified. He's already said it. This is part of God's divine plan. This is what he was praying about in the garden. The cup's not going to pass from him. He knows it. It's Forgive the analogy, but remember when Darth Vader was fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Trek IV, A New Hope, not Star Trek, Star Wars, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, and he says, if you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you can even imagine. And Obi-Wan gives up the fight, and Darth Vader goes to hit him with his lightsaber, and Obi-Wan just disappears. What happened? Obi-Wan merged with the Force, and now he can be anywhere in the galaxy. He's basically, Obi-Wan is now omnipresent. Darth, that was not what Darth Vader was bargaining for. So the Jews want to kill Jesus and say, we'll be rid of this guy, but Jesus knows that he's going to pay for the sins of the world on the cross. 
Jesus knows he's going to resurrect and bring in the new kingdom. They think they're eliminating Jesus by sending him to Pilate for death. But Jesus knows the whole story. Jesus knows it's, that's God's plan and he has to go through it. And with that Star Wars analogy of Jesus, we'll go to the part of the show where I say, nobody sent me a question in the inbox. And what was my, my, my threat used to be, if you didn't send me a question in the inbox, I'd give an anecdote about coaching soccer. Uh, but I'm not coaching, so I'm not head coaching soccer this year, but you, you better believe I'm still going to show up at some games and practices with my coach shirt on to support my team, support the new coach. And yes, I have been recruiting still. I'm, so, I'm, st- I'm still so tore up about Nick Saban being gone. Nobody's going to be able to recruit like him. Anyway, I can't give a a girl's soccer anecdote. So I'm going to, here's this. I'm threatening this. I will tell you strategy for coaching 10U boys basketball if you do not send in a question to SethDunn88 at gmail.com or dial 470-315-0875. Send in your questions about theology or apologetics. The Christian Commute is your theological roadside assistance. If you don't, you're going to have to fast forward to something through that's something that doesn't have anything to do with theology and apologetics. My opinions on coaching 10U boys basketball. And I think this could apply for girls. Do not engage the offensive player until he's about five feet. You know, there's no need to guard the kid coming across the half-court line. And a lot of kids, if they're outside the three-point line, you don't need to guard them. There's probably about two kids you need to guard if they're outside the three-point line. If you're in a zone and somebody's outside of your zone in the three-point line and it's one of the kids who's not the top three, you just let him stand there because he's not going to do anything. If he shoots, he'll miss. It sounds like nobody would ever have this strategy in college basketball or pro basketball. Let them shoot because they're going to miss. But in little boys basketball, there's certain people you just want to dare to shoot. Because they, you know they can't make it or they're going to make it less than 10% of the time. And you know because it's a little boy, he's not going to think, this is not in my wheelhouse. I had a kid on my team the other day at practice get a pass and shoot a three. I said, we do not want you taking threes. And then I stopped and I said, raise your hand if you're allowed to take a three. Nobody raised their hand like one guy's got his hand up. Yes, you are allowed to take a three. And then I looked at one other guy, you can take one too. A lot of people are not going to tell a kid, you can't do this in, in rec ball. Like, don't, you're not allowed to do this. When I was in middle school, an eighth grade team, we had a kid on the team named David Johnson. He was a six-foot-something eighth grader. He was huge. He was the enforcer on the team. If we needed to put somebody in there to foul somebody or hurt somebody, we put in David Johnson. David Johnson, I'm not, I'm not kidding, he was not allowed to dribble. The coach told him, don't dribble. You're not allowed. So if David Johnson got the ball... 
he had to pass it to somebody. Now, nobody's going to take it from him. He can just hold it above his head and then pass it to anyone but himself. He could shoot if he got a rebound, but he was not allowed to dribble. Sometimes you got to, you know, you, you got to, I don't want to say hurt some feelings to win, but make people understand reality. That's good for kids. People got to stay in their wheelhouse. So that's what you get. Just my opinion on that because nobody sent in a question. Now let's go to the show topic, which is Hip City Cooperation. Hip City Cooperation. From time to time, there will be efforts in cities and counties, undertakings, in which churches cooperate. One that comes to mind is Splash Weekend that the Bartow Baptist Association puts on. Show people love and share him. That's what SPLASH stands for. The association goes around and finds a bunch of community service projects that need to be done, like cleaning up old people's houses, uh, painting crippled people's houses, and stuff like that. Uh, one time when I did SPLASH, I was on a group that had to build a a ramp off of a deck for a handicapped guy. So there was this guy, he was an engineer, I think, and he got in a really bad car wreck during a storm and broke his neck, and he became a paraplegic. And if his house caught on fire, because he lived in a two-story house that had steps out the front, he couldn't get out. So if this dude's house caught on fire, he was going to die because he couldn't get out of his house. So to make his house safe for him, and I don't know what the odds are of getting in a car wreck that makes you paraplegic and then having your house burned down, but just to be on the safe side. The project was to go to his deck in his backyard and build a ramp and a, like a little path, like almost like a gravel path, where he could go out his back door on the deck and then roll off this gravel path in his backyard to get far enough away from the house if it was burning. And this project was done by one 20-year-old guy whose dad had a construction company and sent him out there to do it. And then they sent my volunteer group there. We, we were not much help. But in that week, I think we painted somebody's house. We went to an old folks' apartment, for assist, not assisted living, but little, little apartments and condos where old people lived and swept up for the old people. That's what the kids did. So you get an army of volunteer labor of kids. It's also like a summer camp so you can get the kids out of the house everybody wins but the kids need somewhere to stay and the kids stayed at Tabernacle Baptist just like a thousand kids the kids stayed at Tabernacle Baptist Liberty Square and um, the independent Baptist church that I never can remember the name of even though I practiced basketball there the other day. Oak something. That church. And the interesting thing about that church, the bylaws say that they're not allowed to ever be Southern Baptist. It's going to drive me crazy. i got to look it up. I'm sorry. I don't know why I have a, a name. It has nothing to do with my point, but I don't know why I have a block on this church's name. It's Oakland Heights. It came to me before I 
looked it up. And here's why it messes up in my mind. When I grew up, there was an Oakwood Baptist Church where I was from, in Chattanooga. I used to go, it's near my house, and I used to go to VBS there. My brother dated the preacher's daughter. What's her name? Rachel Belden. And uh, she had a brother my age who played baseball with me. He's a year older. But I always want to say Oakwood. And there also was a church in Cartersville called Oak Leaf Church. And Oak Leaf Church had the pastor who was sleeping with the secretary. So he got fired. And then it became a campus of West Ridge Church. And then it became Cross Point City Church. Now you know the rest of the story. But that's where all the kids were staying. And only one of those churches was a Southern Baptist Church. It was a member of the Bartow Baptist Association. The others weren't. But since it was such a nice community project, everybody wanted to be involved. And they had nightly worship, which was a, a singing and band playing and a preacher. They did that at the Pentecostal church the, at, at uh, Liberty Square because it had to be one of the bigger ones. The year I did it, nobody spoke in tongues, but some kids started doing tongues one time, and everybody was like, how are we going to handle this? This is a Baptist, outfit. This is a Baptist undertaking. we got Church of God kids here at the Church of God Church. Anywhere, but that's sort of a multi-church cooperation ecumenical thing. Where I live, there's a thing called Merge Weekend, where you stay, I think you stay at people's houses, and then you go to a church. Crosspoint does it. I think some other churches are involved. I'm not sure if Tabernacle and First Baptist do it. There's something similar called Disciple Now, where all the churches get together and stay at people's houses. and It's sort of like this intensive Bible study for youth. Uh, FCA has something called Fields of Faith, and I think all the youth groups try to go to that. At Christmas time, there's a little program called Hope for Christmas, where uh, poor people can come in and try to get presents for their kids, and they separate the parents and the kids, and they give the kids $10, and then there's a little store that the kids can spend their $10 in to buy stuff for their parents and wrap it up, so it makes them feel like they bought their parents something, you know, some little knickknack. And then while they're away, the parents have the Santa list, and they're like, listen, this is my kid he wants a race car, my kid needs a coat. And they give the presents to the parents in secret, the kids don't see, and they get wrapped up. That's hope for Christmas. And where I'm from, multiple churches will participate in that. And I'm sure there are similar undertakings and initiatives where you live. And people look at these and they say, isn't it good that all the Christians in town from these various churches are coming together? Whether it be churches of the same denomination, because where I live there's 40 Southern Baptist churches, and then, or whether it be the independent or non-denominationals or even the Church of God, they're all getting together. I had a, I had a United Methodist kid in my group the year I did Splash. You have kid leaders who are probably like two of the more mature ones. I remember telling one of my leaders, hey, make sure you evangelize that Methodist kid. He probably ain't saved. <laughs> He's a United Methodist liberal church. He was from, I think he was, was he, no, he's from Trinity, I think. Sam Jones is not United uh, Homosexual Methodist Church anymore, uh, but Trinity in Cartersville still is. So if you want to find the liberal Methodists in Cartersville, 
it's Trinity. You can find them on Pet Blessed Day with their lady pastor. Anyway, we think this cooperation is good. Certain churches may have like an after-school program to take, it's just to look after poor kids, to give, give them a ride home from school while their parents are still at work, give them tutoring. There's a church, in, the Presbyterian church, the liberal Presbyterian church, I think they pick up Mexican kids on a bus and take them to the Presbyterian church and teach them English. I mean, that's really nice. I think that's a really good way to help people. Um, I wouldn't, you know, the Methodist church, or the uh, Presbyterian church USA can go burn but they are helping people who are in need. They, you know, they don't know English. They live here. It will help them and their family to know English. Their parents are off at work somewhere. You have better the kids be at some church learning English than in the neighborhood chasing roosters outside. I don't know. <laughs> because listen, in the Hispanic neighborhood, they just got roosters running around. That's just how, I don't know why that is, but that's how they do it. There was a pit bull in my driveway last night. He got lost, I was like, and I was, I was like, he's alone and scared. I, I gave him a little piece of ham. My daughter brought it out. I was like, I want to help this dog, but it's also a pit bull, so maybe I should shoot it. I was torn. Do I help this poor animal? He's alone and scared. He didn't have a collar on. I thought he had been abandoned. Or do I shoot him? It turned out he does have an owner, and he had lost his collar, and I hope the guy finds it, because he had that dog for a long time. Anyway, churches might have little after-school programs to teach kids the Bible or teach them something, and kids from multiple churches may go participate in that. There's all kind of little ways that churches get together to help the community. And what I'm here to ask you is your church cooperating with Hip Point Church. Now, what is Hip Point Church? That's a church I made up. Because you can Google all these. You can find Life Point and Cross Point and Lake Point, for that matter, in Cartersville. None of those churches I would recommend. But if you broaden your search, you can find Rock Point Church out there, too. Rock Point. I guarantee, just, I guarantee you, if you type in Rock Point Church, you'll find one. And so those are the points. Life Point, Lake Point, Rock Point. Maybe a Heart Point, Love Point. High Point. I guarantee you there's no Low Point. That's where they'll try to emote you during invitation time. Puts you in that Low Point so you repent and be safe. But then, on the front end... You have, or on the back end too, you can have a bridge, heart bridge, rock bridge, cross bridge. I guarantee you, there's, I always talk about rock bridge. I guarantee you there's a cross bridge. Type in cross, cross bridge. These are all the hip sounding church names. Relevate Church. Expedition. Elevation. All right. So what I mean by hip point church is whatever church in your town that is the non-denominational coffee bar and a rock show, goat show with lots church that's multi-campus and growing and growing and growing. Now I am on an autistic tangent 
to Barry Crosspoint. Okay. When listen, when I got off of coaching soccer, the autism has to obsess about something else. Too bad, Crosspoint. It's you. But in your town, there is this church. The hip, the hip place that's growing. That's why I call it Hip Point. I could as easily title this Hip Bridge Cooperation. Should your church cooperate with Hip Point Church if it's doing something good? And my answer to that is no. Don't have anything to do with them. Repeat that. Don't have anything to do with them. The message you want to send that church or the people about that church is it may look nice on the outside and they're doing nice things, but we want anybody to stay on the outside. And it's tempting to help because they're outside, they're out there making a name for themselves doing all this great charity work. If you in Cartersville, if you drive by Cross Point City Church, there is a bus outside that says Compassion Center. I don't know what it does. I think you can go in there and get a medical exam. I'm not sure. But they're out there and they can drive it around to help people anywhere they want. So there might be some kind of temptation to say, hey, look at what they're doing. I just read Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby, and it says, find out what God is doing or where God's doing it, and then go join him. Sorry, Henry Blackaby, that's not what the Bible says. And I can, listen to this. If Hip Point City Church, if Hip, Hip Life Point, Rock Bridge Elevation, Cool Point, Goat Coffee Church, if Mocha Joe Church, if Latte Church, Cappuccino Baptist Church, that don't say Baptist in the name, if they're doing it, that's that's not where to follow that Blackaby advice and say, oh, they're 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 doing something right. People are drawn to it. Let's go help. No, you don't have to dog them. You can just say we're not going to participate with you. You don't have to go out and say. You know, we're not doing it because we don't want to legitimize, you know, the coffee concert place. But that's exactly what you're doing. When you cooperate with them, you're legitimizing them. You're saying, yeah, this is a church in good order that they're okay. Don't do that. And I want to tell you something. This is something a little sad. This is how it is in my county. I don't know if it's like that, like this everywhere else. But historically, in my county, and this is according to our county missionary, the pastors in our county have viewed each other as competition. A few years ago, I was talking to a local pastor. If I told you, if I told you your na his name, you'd probably recognize him. He is a prominent pastor. I'm not going to tell you who he is or what his church is or was at that time. And we were talking about some things that needed to improve around town or around his church. And one of the things he said to me is, I can't be worried about James Griffin. 
That's what he said to me. So you have a pastor who knows people from his church will go across town to Crosspoint and he can't be worried about that. Guys, that's competition. That's competition. And the pastors in town are competing with one another for people and size. What I'm not saying is have that competitive mindset. I'm not saying that. But what I'm also saying is don't have a cooperative mindset with the frog boilers. I have a friend who's an FCA missionary. He won't take money or sponsorship from Andy Stanley's church. He won't do it. If a church has a female pastor, he won't take their money. He doesn't want anything to do with churches that say, hey, look, we're evangelical, but they really don't follow the Bible. And that's a guy who needs the money. Because, I mean, that's his salary. He has to raise money for people, monthly supporters. Your church doesn't need to make money from these programs. It's probably losing money on it to do the charity work. Find some way to minister your com to your community without cooperating with Hip Point Baptist Church. Oh, I'm sorry. Hip Point Church. I'll never say they're Baptist. I know they're independent, and I know they baptize people by immersion, but they're not going to say they're Baptist. No way. You check all the Baptist boxes. Don't you dare say we're Baptist. They're hip point. Cool point. Thanks for listening to the Christian Commute. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again on Tuesday. As always, God bless, and as always, remember, Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved. Thanks for listening to The Christian Commute. Please send your questions about Christian apologetics and theology to sethdunn88 at gmail.com. If you are not a Christian, please remember that you can be reconciled to God through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Repent of your sins now and accept Jesus as Lord. God bless.